You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to Axe to Grind. Uh, What's what's the line? The best podcast in the world. Best podcast in the world. Uh, No cap. (laughs) No cap, no ceilings. 2019, let's go. Let's go. I want to go the clash route. We should should do the the only pod that matters. The only pod that matters. So, a quick thing. Uh, I was having a conversation where I was like, oh, the clash... I like the Clash. You guys like the Clash, and then it was like, Meh. I don't like them. They've got two okay records. I like the Ramones and Sex Pistols way more, and I'm like, Ugh. for sure. And off. I almost got kind of mad. I get big mad. Put, get mad. put them on blast if you want. You know who you are. A big man. That's even worse. A big man. All right, let's. Clash has twenty five great songs. Can you say that about Sex Pistols? You can't say that about Sex Pistols. Can you say that about about, about the Ramones? You're really stretching. They have one great past- song that they did twenty five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I actually like the off-brand Ramon stuff. I like, like what, the Rondo Bizarro. No, what's uh, Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery, yeah. That's yeah, a good the song. People ride for That's a good song. It's a good song. You know uh, what it is? The Ramones the kill me. The fan base kills me. Oh, it's, oh. they're like social distortion level fan base. Worse. Yeah. Yes, man. No, I, I don't know if there's any fan base worse than social distortion. Like the dudes with the slick back hair and wearing the social distortion jacket with the fucking skeleton with the martini. Probably the worst. That's, that's like up there bad. with like Sublime with Rome. I, I- <laughs> Welcome to the Sublime with Rome podcast. <laughs> Meet your hosts. Sublime with Tome. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Sublime with Tome. Whoa. Tome. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, shout out to our sponsors. Triple B Records. Triple B. <laughs> that's three B's that you just did right I there. I did. Yeah, that's very right. good. Um uh, one of the preeminent uh, hardcore labels. We sometimes, so I feel bad because I've been sort of uh, creating a narrative where they are the Yankees. Yes. And I like the Yankees, so that don't mean shit to me. Yes. But then I forget that if you're like an A's fan, you're sitting around fucking Yanks, <laughs> sitting around because it's different. It's not like being a Boston fan where there's like a reason, like there's there's a, a regional rivalry. Yeah, it's not like that. Right. It's just a a bitterness at big fish eat small fish sort of thing you know what i mean so i forget that that could kick up but i feel like triple b is like money ball a's like Mm. it's not like they have like infinite resources of riches that they can be like we'll take a flyer in this guy for 50 million dollars it could fall apart but it doesn't matter it won't ruin our team right i feel like he uses like like statistics and kind of analytics. Well, and I, what, you know what I think you want him to be is, is that's an interesting take, but like we might be making him too brainy. Like all of a sudden I started to see that Julia Roberts meme, like her like calculating math. Oh, like, yeah. That's not sad. Is that Julia Roberts? No. Uh, whoever it is. It okay. looks like her. I know who you're talking about. It's the it's wife from Friends. Is it? Really? Yes. The, all right, so... Are we, are we going on a Friends Explain. No, quick? explain Explain a meme I, to I've us. Ne- I've never seen Friends. What is you it? Never, okay. Well, Ross was married to this woman. Okay. Who ended up? Um, oh. She was she she was a lesbian. Okay. The, the woman in the meme is her partner. That's uh, cool. It, 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 like right. that actress or that? No, oh. just the characters. The character. Okay. She, okay. So yeah, sorry. Um, That's not Sam though. So Sam is Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Okay. Mm. Um, Billy Bean. He, he is Billy Bean. Yeah. I'm gonna compare them. You know what you want to do if you want to compare Triple B to a likable. 
dynasty mm. sports team, 90s Chicago Bulls. Okay. Not many people mad at the Bulls. No. Are you saying they're likable, though? Michael Jordan? He, uh, One well, of the most likable. If he's most, playing your team. That's right. No, I mean, he's he's a, that's the thing. I think that's... Rodman I don't a know. dick. Scotty Pippen was a decent guy. True, true story. Dennis Rodman never threw a punch as a player. He, Maybe he did actually once soft. or twice. He probably, you know, <laughs> but, dude but what Rick he was Mahorn. was an instigator. He, punched, he definitely punched Rick Mahorn. I don't think he did because he played with him and he was probably scared shitless of Rick Mahorn. Maybe Bill Lambier? No, without same the deal. mask. No, same Bill Lambier. Bill Lambier, yeah, Robert Parrish got him. Um, <laughs> Chief. So I think I think that he could Sports be like talk. the '96 to '98 Bulls, where he's got the he's got some gems. Fury mm. Paramount is like his Jordan. Maybe um, the candy. Good to feel is his Jordan, oh. depending on who you are. Who's his Tony Ku coach? His Ku coach is maybe Eco Strike. We'll say. I like that. You know what I mean? So like, who's like some Luke people's Longley, favorite player. His Bill Pennington, like his yeah, like is tall Luke Longley is probably the phase seven inch. Um, <laughs> he's got uh, his Dennis Rodman. What's the? Ooh, he's got his Dennis Rodman coming this year. That's going to be interesting. Oh, okay. God, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, wow, that was gonna, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was so good. what we're saying is very that colorful. you need to be eclectic. You need to go check out. A small smattering of triple B releases. Um, have we big upped anything specific for them recently? Uh, we talking about the future a lot. There, we should dig into one from the past. Okay. Um, Dead end path. Oh, but, but we big up that before. We did. Is there up. something fast that you'd recommend? Because uh, I remember when triple B kind of unfairly was seen as kind of the. Um, like fast, like Norman Corman hardcore. Yeah, label, yeah, yeah. Not fast, not. not fast hardcore, but like. Hardcore, yeah, like Norman Corn. Hardcore, yes, hardcore. right. So, what about that oh. Warford? Warfare? That's his new band. We've yeah. talked about that a little bit. Have we haven't dug into it. You know, what I'm going to recommend because we're going to talk about it today. Rude Awakening, The Awakening. Okay, he put that record out. I didn't he? know that. He did. Oh, I did not know. So, that. go check that out. I don't know if physical still available, but you right. certainly can stream it. <laughs> you can certainly check it on Bandcamp, and that's a cool release to support. Yeah, um, surprise us. We're going to talk about it today. So you can stream it on our Spotify. Mm. Spotify playlist, go follow that. Yeah. So shout outs if you enter the promo code Axe to Grind and sing it to yourself. Right. You you're going to have to tap the keys <laughs> and you go like A like the hunt and peck method. A X E T O G R I N D. Wow. Uh a quick aside. Ten percent off. Watched Hackers last night with Amelia. Uh she had never seen it. I hadn't seen it in fifteen. Yep. Uh, the hacker, the um, zero cool, uh, the guy who is like the ultimate hacker at eleven. As an adult, he types very slow, like ve- like the old hunt and pack. Yes, truly, like it's really it's bizarre. That's going to be an interesting age of movies. Is the kind of coming to digital age. 95 to say 2005 where it's like yeah computers yeah we've got all this stuff but we haven't really figured it out yet it's right. like the Mavis Beacon of movies like war games so, uh, war games did it well though this in 1984 or some craziness <laughs> right but what Hackers does is it feels this compulsion to make digital visual you know what I mean right, so, right, right. so like because like, it's people fighting within the digital sphere so how do you represent that and right. it does it very clumsy I mean it's the same equivalent like you watch movies that try to like show you what a text message looks like yes and yes. it never looks like right, right. it's never that so triple b records dot limited run dot com go there welcome to the hackers podcast <laughs> death wish inc mm. okay. death wish inc uh, pff, 
Not the Yankees. Who are we saying they are? Let's call the, you them. You want to call them the Red Sox? It's no. Who's the oh, most like, consistent up. team in baseball? It's the Red Sox of the last 15 years, probably. Pro, yeah, so they are the Red Sox. Mm. The Red Sox, but that feels... Not pejorative. No, you know what? They're yeah, we'll, stay, we'll keep that because the, the Red Sox of the past 15 years, where they're, they're, all they do is win, 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 no matter yeah. what, but they still got the weird, like, oh, nobody. They got the Rodney Dangerfield thing going, too. Like, right. oh, we don't get no respect. They do but deserve they won, more. like, four championships. Yeah, in like, like and, yeah, yeah, and fucking everybody in... Tacoma has a Red Sox hat, so That's they're true. doing well. So Deathwish is a uh, the the modern era Red Sox, the killing it. Mm-hmm. So Jake would be, uh, so Trey would be Epstein. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. I think that's accurate. Um, Jake would be like John Henry, like Tim Wakefield. Before. I don't know. Yeah, these, but it, the no, Epstein put Henry, together yeah. the entire. The, uh, yeah, I think. Um, what's the the their Green Monster? Uh, mascot guy. Oh yeah, what's his name? He's kind of the more. It's there's Theo Epstein put the, the guy team behind together, the scenes, and then it was their mascot, yeah, the green true. monster looking thing. Are you saying that's Jake? He's more artistic. Right, no, so um, Deathwish. We're gonna one band who they've worked with quite a few times over the years is the band Loma Prieta from the Bay Area. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And I realized that we've never talked about them. No. Kind of more traditional screamo sound, but leaning into hardcore. Is that accurate? You think that's fair? Um, I don't know if I'd say it's leaning into hardcore. Uh, it's leaning into something. It's more interesting than traditional screamo for sure to my yeah. ears. Uh, if I said it was, it leans more towards a, a rocking sort of energy. I think that that might turn cer- certain people off. Uh, Would that give you a sass vibe? No, it is not sassy. It's it honestly reads like. Uh, screamo dudes who don't want to be confined by being screamo dudes. So well, that's it, interesting. So there's it pokes out in different directions. And I think that that would play well now. I think that daughter's record from last year went big. I think people are interested in that kind of stuff. So go back, check out Loma Prieta's last couple of records. Um, I believe the last record came out in 2015. Is it uh, self? Let's see what this is. And Loma Prieta is like, refers to something like that, like during that earthquake, the big earthquake, right? Yeah. Self-portrait is the last record. I thought that was what it was. I was about to call it self-love, but I think that's one of your records. Probably. Self-portrait <laughs> by Loma Prieta. So 2015. go 2015. And so they got they some got touring something coming. coming. Yeah, they probably got something yeah. coming. It would make sense. If you enter the promo code. X to grind. And with that, you should do what? Uh, I'm going to do it. You should spell it out. A X E T O G R I N D. Oh, dude, I'm so glad. That was I good. This is like it, a warm moment. You I did it. it. Good job. Yo, it's like watching a spelling bee at like 2 a.m. on ESPN. <laughs> he, had, he had to pull it up on Twitter and look at it. He did. He was read it from, yeah. I'm not good with spelling. I'm, 10% I'm off. Make sure you enter that promo code. And we big up that distro too. Just dig yeah. in. This is a good time to dig into distros. Um, especially for releases over the last 10 years or so. Why would that be? Oh, because guess what? I, they're going to know by the music. They're, they are. They're gonna are know. you going to use that again? I'm, I'm, I used so? it, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm using I like it. That. I think it's good. I do too. Uh, it's, Mosh, it's Mosh Madness, everybody. That means that We collected... Even though we're using NBA music. Whatever. Round Ball Rock, John Tesh. Is that what it is? Do you know this? John Tesh, longtime host of Entertainment Show. Sure, yeah. He's the uh, he wrote Ron Ball Rock. Get that fuck. Because someone Brian 
our friend Brian yeah. hit me up and he was like, round ball rock. And I was like, awesome. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. John Tesh does very dramatic live performances of it. If there's, no there's a good YouTube there video. There are no vocals. Then. No. But he What's, does. What does he do? Oh on my a god, I can barely describe it. Uh, YouTube <laughs> search John Tesh. John Tesh Round Ball Rock Red Rocks, I believe. Red Rocks. My man played Red Rocks. That's that's the and Tesh. that's his hit. And so he does this <laughs> spoken word. <laughs> Please note, he doesn't play any songs with vocals. Really, he'll do a couple covers, I guess. Sure. But he's like, he'll tell this whole story or build up. He's like, you know, back in the nineties, I was in my hotel room in. Warsaw. Yeah. Uh, I was watching Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls dominate another team. Exactly. No way. Yes. So did and he he's write like, it? Yes. And then they bought it, or did he yes. write it for the? Experience? He wrote. He wrote it, and they bought it. Like it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to write this song. I think NBC he did have a job it. for something like that, but he was watching it in this, and he was inspired, and what? this is what came out. Do, 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 and he's furiously pounding on the key, the the piano. That's fucking amazing yo it's it's true that's like the clo- and he's like good night and he just walks off <laughs> it's i think he does it of- mid-set so that it's the, it crescendos and then he does a couple like big sure. covers kind of thing yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so it's like the equivalent of like you two at red rocks yes when like this Bono is not comes out with this is not a, like, a war song this is sunday yeah. bloody sunday mm. wow uh, i did not know that but that puts him in the same sphere as who's the guy from uh david hasselhoff nope uh, good guess. Good guess. <laughs> Big in Germany. Uh, th- he died recently. He was Randy Newman. Mm, I Did he Randy die? Newman's no alive. He's alive. <laughs> I think Randy Newman's alive. Uh, he was on a sitcom, but he was also uh, the dad from Family Matters. John yes. Stamos. Yes. Yes. John Stamos. No, not as Family Matters. Not John. Family Matters. The da- <laughs> family Matters is Uncle Carl. Family ties. Yeah. Carl. Uh, Carl. Uh, Carl Winslow. Winslow. Is it? Uh, Family Ties? Uh, Michael Gross? No, oh, no, no. Good guess. Oh, damn it. I thought he died recently. No, you're talking about... Um, you're talking about with uh, Michael J. Fox's dad. That's no? the show. Family Ties. Family Ties. But I was thinking of no, Hogan Family. I'm thinking I'm thinking of... Uh, is it the Batemans? The, uh, yeah, Jason Bateman. No, but... but they, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. What show is that? Growing Pains? Growing Pains. So Growing Pains. Sorry, everybody. No. This is the Growing Pains. No, no. What, what happened? Growing Pains was the Seavers. The Seavers, okay. you're right. Okay. Ba- Jason Bateman's Kirk. the name of the actor. And you're right. That's Kirk Cameron. That's Kirk Alan Cameron. Thick. Alan Thicke. Alan Thicke. I'm thinking of is, Alan Thicke. What's the show? Uh, that is Growing Pains. Oh, okay, yeah. Then he then we were right. So it was the Seavers, but it yeah. wasn't the Batemans. Correct. Jason Bateman is his the dude's real name, and what was he in? No, no, no hold on. Alan. His Thick. sister was on is in Family. Kirk Ties. Cameron's sister is on Full House. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Jason Bateman's sister on Family Ties? She was the sister. She was Michael J. Fox's sister, Justine Bateman. What you're what, right. What did this motherfucker? What did Jason write? Bateman on? Jason what was Bateman. his? What was his? You know who he is? Yeah, of course I do. <sighs> He was in Horrible Bosses. <laughs> he was. He was in Horrible Bosses. He was in Horrible Bosses Oh, Jason too. Bateman was in, oh, The Hogan Family. The Hogan uh, Family with Val- Valerie Harper. That's right. Uh, Alan Dick wrote a hit. Uh, he, okay, so it appears that he wrote the, the theme to Different Strokes. He wrote the theme to Facts of Life. Uh, he wrote bangers. He wrote yeah. Thick of the Night. Oh, because um, oh, didn't he, he hosted his own talk show. He yes. wrote Wizard of Odds. Uh, what the fuck is that? It's an old game show. Well, not that old. Wizard actually. of Odds? Yep. You'd recognize it. Frank, um, Frank Capra's probably. And there. the Wheel of Fortune theme. Holy fuck, Alan Thick. What's the. It's Wheel. Oh, it's a Strife song. It, <laughs> it's just a big backup. That's correct. Of Fortune. <laughs> correct. Correct. And then uh, his son ripped everybody off. 
Uh, yeah, arguably, uh, arguably, he got accused. Mr. Marvin Gaye's family has something to say about that. Yeah, what's got, going on? He got accused of ripping off a vibe. It is oh, a vibe. Yeah, that's right. It's a vibe, as a kid say. Yeah, but how do you get? How do you rip Wait, off? Wait, is a vibe? his son? What's his face? Uh, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know you. Shout out Alan Thick. We with He you. did. Yeah. So where R. did? R. How do we get there? Oh, Much Madness. They yeah. named the Seavers after Tom Seaver. Is that I like right? That. Okay. The writer was there. You go. Um, People were really in for our Patreon dive on all the restaurants. The yeah, that's weird. So hopefully, that. hopefully, cool. hopefully, they really like our yeah, uh, twenty-minute Seaver talk. Yeah, our, our weird <laughs> swirl around in bad. I wonder if those shows were bad. At the time, as a kid, I really enjoyed them. They might have been terrible shows. I, I watched the Alf Christmas special. I tried to watch Alf. It's so hard. <laughs> it's the Christmas. The watch the Christmas special. It's fucking insane. Okay, so Alf was hard. I Alf believe, was hard, huh? Yeah, I believe uh, Family Ties was really tough. Unfortunately, speaking honestly, Cosby Show holds up pretty good, mm. unfortunately, because yeah, there's yeah. a lot of reason for it not to. Yeah. Um, I think oh, so Growing yeah. Pains with Kirk Cameron... Is it hard to watch knowing what you know about Kirk Cameron? No, Ooh, I don't uh, know. He does. It has just not yet. But like beyond, like my mom's Catholic. S- scammy I guess. religious nut. So. Oh, okay. Well, like okay. religious scam nut. Like doing of. movies about not jacking off. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. You I know, know none of us are into that. Oh, um, he does have one of my favorite sitcom scenes, which is where he's sitting in front of the TV, turning it on and turning it off, and his dad. I think Alan Thicke walks in and goes, "What are you doing?" And he sit, stands there with his eyes like wide open. He's like. The TV, it keeps going whether I'm watching or not. So great yeah. life lesson, folks. Drugs? So no, here's the thing: they tried to have dumb characters at sitcoms at that time, and oh, I like feel boner? like boner, yeah, Mr. Bone. And I feel like they're all painful. Like nobody's this dumb. Kimmy Gibbler. Oof. Oh, I like Kimmy. Yo, didn't didn't Boner Mr. Bone? They found him dead. I think that's true. Yes, like in like the forest or something. Who I think was that's true. Uh, Buddy, the guy from uh, Charles in Charge. Yeah. Oh. That was a good, dumb guy. He character. was a dumb guy. Good, dumb guy. Bone. Are you Googling boners to bone? Yeah, I am. Uh- <laughs> Welcome to the Worst Possible Timeline. I'm Eric Wilson for the day. Uh, yeah, so. my man, you are correct. Andrew Conan. This is a sad note to start this episode on, but Andrew Conan, who played boners to bone, uh, was a vegan uh, human rights advocate. Earth uh, warrior. Uh, who uh, ended his own life by hanging. Jesus. That's crazy. But what does the veganism no, have to do No, is this it? right? This is not right. Is this right? Did you edit that wiki before we read it? <laughs> Hold on. I thought he was missing and then, and, well, maybe they found him in Wait a, a second. Forest. My dude is doing all sorts of wild shit. He's like an author. He's he, This dude stayed busy. Why did you limit him? Yeah. Who said Just he couldn't boners be? Boners to bone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm sad now, guys. Let's keep, it, let's keep this moving. Let's, right. let's, let's get that energy back madness. going. Let's jump, jump into Mosh Madness. This is actually part four. Wow. All of the members of all these bands? All alive. Oh, do we know we that? Think. Uh, yeah, we as think. As far as I know. Okay. There's usually like an early drummer that has disappeared. That but they didn't play on this record. They don't okay, play. all right. Okay. Let's go through the matchups. Yes, please. Uh, let's do the refresher because any episode could be someone's first episode. True. We are going through the best hardcore or yeah, basically hardcore records since 2010. These were selected via an anonymous random Twitter vote. That none of y'all knew you were voting in, but guess what? You were. Gotcha. This is for fun. Listen to the records. Um, So far, the feedback is, shit, this helped me discover some new music. Awesome. Like people going into the matchups going like, well, it's a home run. It's going to be band A. And they go, well, actually, I have to listen to band B. 
Yeah. Oh, a lot of like that. Like a lot of that, which is oh, awesome. The yeah. whole point, even if you fuck up the rules and you don't do it right or whatever, as long as you listen to the music, that's really our full aim. For and sure. have a fucking fun yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? Anything else we should clarify? Oh, and you'll be able to vote on this um, the week after it, the week it airs, probably two days or so after. So figure like Thursday. Thursday, uh, usually, yeah. usually the episodes drop on a Tuesday, so give it a couple days. Go to Twitter, follow us at Axe to Grindcast on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, go to Instagram, follow us at Axe to Grind Podcast. If you don't have any of that, email us at Axe to Grind Podcast at gmail.com. And if you don't have that, you probably are someone's grandfather, and you can go to Axe to Grind on Facebook, Axe to Grind Podcast. If you want to send it to our P.O. box, it, it, no. <laughs> we do have a fax. Oh, and you can call us at 732-443-3887. This dude is incredible. We talked about that like two weeks ago, and he remembers it. Yeah, I knew it started with 732. That's yeah. all I had. All right. So uh, let's go to the matchups. Ready? Yeah. Rival Mob. Mob Justice. <gasps> versus Touche Amore. Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me. Hold on. Do you want to continue to do the ad libs, or do you want me to do the ad libs? They're like you can ad lib oh. if you want. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Then hold on. that was my like. Mongo. You get ready. That was like my. Can we say like, those again? <laughs> yes, yeah, say that again. The rival mob, mob justice. Well, mine was more of the like grunt intro grunt. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. My grunt. Oh, see, there yeah, we go. I got a lot to say about that song. Right. <laughs> Touche amore, parting the sea between brightness and me. Woohoo! <laughs> I can't whistle. <laughs> when you feel heavy metal, can't whistle. Woohoo! Ex Repentance X, The Sickness of Eden. Rude Awakening, The Awakening. Fuck. Candy says. Mm. Versus Fiddlehead, Springtime and Blind. Shit. Lay low. Power Trip, Nightmare Logic. Oh, man. Versus Terror, Keepers of the Faith. This is crazy. That was a wild matchup. This is a wild matchup. So let's kind of just do the primer. Let's prime the pump. Some pretty big records this time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, next round. Holy shit. It's the big dogs next round. But this round, some pretty big ones. There are a lot of, yeah. So um, anything. Across the board, too, which is cool. Any thoughts that you had before you listened to these records uh, that, you know, maybe maybe got changed, but, you know, any primer to this pre-game? I'm sorry. Ask this question. Any pre-game thoughts to this? Oh, uh. So, okay. Entering this, I said, mm, not a lot that appeals to me in this, in, in, in this uh, block, mm-hmm. right? And I said, this is going to be a bit of a chore. And on some level it was, uh-huh. uh, but I'm at the junction now where even if I don't like something, I'd like to know why I don't like it. Oh, God, that's so beautiful. <laughs> that is the beauty of man. That's the whole point of is that the thing? That's, okay. that's the right. beauty of everything is okay. if you can say why you don't like something, like honestly. Yeah. If you get anything out of this podcast to apply to your life, it should be, you don't have to like everything, but it's really nice if you don't like something to be able to say why you don't like it. Oh, God. And then, people who are listening, if you love something and someone doesn't like it, that's okay. Maybe they don't like it for exactly the element that you love. Mm. That's called being different, and that's all right. Wow. No. Profound. Wow. Profound? It's, it's like watching the incredible. Did you say profound? Because I think that's a little... same thing. Profound. Very profound. We just uh, mansplained that shit. So <laughs> bro science, profounding. Oh. All right. So um let's go. Any did you have any th- thoughts on anything? Um we'll leave it for the uh, for Yeah, the I love that. All right, let's jump into the first record, The Rival Mob, Mob Justice, released by Revelation Records in 2013. 
six years ago. Is this their last record? Yes, it is. I didn't. I totally didn't remember this was on Rev. I knew they were on Rev for a minute, and it did not. Only released on Rev, but yes, this is it. They put out a tape. They did a tape right before this called but it wasn't Mob Rev. Justice. No, they, but Rev sold it. Got you it. Know, okay, it was right, like right. a self release promo tape. Kind okay. Of thing. Wait a second. This is the last record. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they've been broken up for a couple of years already, dude. Uh, I think so- the last time they played was FYA twenty fifteen ish, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this puts this in a different light for me. Um, because I thought this was their first record because I think this is not good. <laughs> I like how you sing song Lisa. That. I, I, like if this was like their freshman, like their maiden voyage, you're like, they might go somewhere with this. But if yes, this is like yes. their swan song, you're like, what is the earliest? Because I remember like? liking Hardcore for Hardcore. You know what I mean? It's a good I, song. I, I, I think that's their best record. And best record, too. I, I, I remember liking that. This I found very little to to latch onto. I did not care for this in any real way. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. No, it, no I mean, I'd be shocked if you said you liked it. Well, yeah, but but like here's the thing: like we list, we did Boston Strangler, which like I think is, a, is another one that maybe people would assume I don't like, but well, I I found a lot of merit in it. Ooh, I know exactly why. Yeah. You like old Boston I to do. an extent. But you don't like the modern interpretation of Boston, which is old Boston meets New York. That's which quite is true, like, yeah. Like old Boston meets classic New York, like AF victim and pain into late 80s New York stuff. Mm-hmm. That is what I would categorize as locking out sta- sound. And you don't go in for almost any of I that. I don't know. That and makes sense. This record is that uh, whole sound congealed in my, or like, you know, distilled into one thing. I almost said this is the... Patrick's familiar with this. Do you know what the Ultimate Universe is? Marvel Comics Ultimate line? Um, probably Ultimate Hulk. Kind of yeah, okay, so the real deal was that they realized after 30 years of continuity and stories and this and that, uh-huh. and minor characters and major characters, that Marvel needed to pull it back, strip it down, and give people something that they could just jump into. Okay. Like, you don't need to know who multiple man is to read our ultimate x-men book you can just know the big names and here they are and the stories are clear and easy to get into so it's kind of a what do they do that when they do a movie like they're um what's the term retcon well not retcon but like it's like hey you know you saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles five years. Well, we're going to do it again, but it's going to be brand new. Oh, like a reboot. 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 So sort like of, yeah. Reboot? Very, very, yes, very okay. similar. So they did that. I say this is the ultimate universe version of Locking Out Records whole scene. Wow. Okay. Now, do you want like what amounts to a total condemnation of Locking Out? I guess. I, I mean, you, I guess. This play? would be a top tier Locking Out release for me. This. 100%. It, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Okay. That's, well, it's weird though, but that's okay because I feel like there's locking out bands that if you, like you don't think as locking out bands that are. Like, yes, how, there's one on the, trip. There's one that we're going to listen to today that I was a hundred percent confident was, and I learned five minutes ago during our intro is not. Mm. I mean, Power Trip is, yeah, they have yeah. stuff. Yeah, on. Yeah, like, yeah, you, but you would never think of them as, like you think of it as the like the waka waka haha funny right, like yeah. kind of like well in like the we first weird ten locking out records or so you know that kind of established what they were at that time. Sure, you know? and that's what that's I guess when I say the ultimate universe version of that because when I think of. I'm not talking about Crunch Time or Jaguars, and some people really ride for those records, the mm-hmm. tapes and such. But when I think about Mental, Righteous Jams, mm, Wrong side. come on, 
Dump truck demo. Do more. Do um, more Gato Mitzvah. Uh, that's my favorite. Of the, a lot yeah. of people, it is. A uh, lot I mean, of people say that that's their favorite. Yeah. Um, but when I think about that sound, and Rival Mob did their first LP on Locking Out. Mm. Raw Life is on Locking Out, their first LP. These, I think about some of the elements that they did, and that Rival Mob didn't do the exact same sound as those bands at all, but in the same world. Like, I think that's kind of where this record ends up. Okay. So, and you're saying this would be one of your favorites of a walking out release? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Which sounds really rough. What now, don't I... you like about this record? So, it is hard for me to talk about what I don't like about this record without sounding uh, like I'm making personal judgments on the people playing it. And you don't even know anybody in it. Don't know a single human being in it. I don't think. No. Uh, I don't think so. So. Yeah. I, so this is not. I I got no sort of axe to grind. I don't. I really don't. Yeah. And I like hardcore for hardcore. I I think that at times this band uh, dialed in like a cool. People didn't understand what I was talking about. One of their releases does what early fucked up does, and mm-hmm. I like about both, yeah. which is whoever in the band likes power pop sneaks in little little riffs that could yeah. exist in that world. And I like that about both early fucked up and early rival mob. Uh, yes. Sure. And uh, so I got nothing bad to say about rival mob as an entity. No, uh, the hardcore for hardcore is also an entry in the tournament. So we'll get to it okay. later on. All right, yeah. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll look forward to revisiting, but th- this, uh, this feels uh, like it's trying too hard to be what it is. Hmm. Does it feel put upon like fake? It, I mean, now that I know it's the band's last work, maybe yeah. maybe the well had run a little dry, maybe they were a little tired, or maybe they, if you were going to be re- really uncharitable, I don't know them. Yes, you know? Yes, <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah. know. If you're going to be really uncharitable, maybe at some point you, you go all in on the thing that you've read that you are. Is that possible? Like there was an expectation, so you're like, yes. all right, this yes. is what we're doing. Yeah, Lean yeah, yeah. into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There are many people who will tell you this is their be-all, end-all rival mob record, for sure. That makes sense. I, I, I actually kind of like this record. Yeah? Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun listen. Like, it's a thought, like, it's it's the, and, and this sounds shitty, too. <laughs> I've hung out with you for too long. I can't say anything without. It's hard not to go backhand, right? Yeah. It's like, it's a very, very fun listen that could, Hardcore is not background music, mm. but this is kind of like you could put it on and just enjoy it for what it is and nothing more. Okay, it's like the vocals are cool; they're kind of snarky and like snotty in a mm. cool way that I, I don't like think a vocals. lot of hardcore bands mm. do. You know what I mean? Like, and we'll talk about it next week. There's another band that it's like you don't sound like like if you dropped an iron on your foot, you don't scream like that. Right? It's yeah. all so like forced to me. Yeah. yeah, this feels like it's kind of like. It's it's very kind of like wink and not it it almost sounds it feels like they're in on it. Okay. Like in a I weird think that's I think that's way. dead on because you would read the lyrics and it feels like it's it's like uh, it's a little bit of that. It's like hard like the darkness of hardcore. Like kind of like we're playing straight up fucking hardcore, but we get it. Okay. See, it's like a, I think that's what I'm responding poorly to. I think to. that's what you're responding <laughs> Is that poorly crazy? To. Yeah, no, no, I think it's not it's crazy real. at all. It's I not feel crazy like some of the songs in here are a lot of fun and they're good to listen to and I mean, as we've seen in his other project, dude can dude's got a voice. Yeah. Oh, and he can do everything. This is the yeah. same dude who sings in Battle Ruins, right? Yeah. And sings in Magic Circle, uh, sang in Collapse Records, recording artist Soul Swallower, mm. um, sang in the band X Files X way back. Oh, that was him. That's, That's crazy. Him. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Out. Brendan Radigan. So, 
You know what gets me on this record? I don't like the production. Too clean? It's too clean, which feels fucking crazy because in other spaces and on other... I think if you compare this record to its time... It's not as clean. clean. It's got yeah. mo- it's got and it's got a little more pop to it than a lot of the other records. But I don't. I just feel like the it the production pulls it down. The vocals are really good and dripping with kind of energy and a personality. Now there's a character this, to it that yes, most vocals don't have. Yes, and whenever you're, I'm, I actually noted that on a few of these records yeah. when the vocals sound like they have some personality to it, um, because when hardcore vocals don't. It's pretty boring. Mm. And I think we actually get a ton of that in this 2010 to 2015 range where it just feels real. Like like they're well done, but there's yeah, nothing the, the, like The monotone, well done, hardcore vocal that you could just drop on almost anything and it's right. Okay. If this dude did a guest part on a fucking self-defense family record, you would know it was him. Right. Well, there's other bands that you're like, uh, this could be this metalcore band. It could be this straight edge band. Like you couldn't really tell the difference. Mm. This dude has a very... Specific, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it, and it's a good test. Is if this person did a guest spot, would you be able to pick it out right away and go, "Oh, that's that." Oh, I didn't know this guy did vocals on this record. That's right. cool. Uh, production gets me. I the best song to me. A lot of people are going to go Mob Justice, which is title track. I like Fake Big. A lot of no, oh, that's another one. I went with It Must Be Nice, uh, which is the song after Mob Justice. I think it kind of gives you everything you'd want from this. I think hard for, for hardcore for hardcore is ten times better than this record, and I think I like Raw Life more than this record too. That makes me feel better. I thought maybe I was just painting like with on the broadest an island. brush. No, here. I, I don't know what ch- I don't I can't point Do you on think anything. There's that, that much of a difference, changed. so in terms of quality, I feel like there's only so much you can really do with this. No, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a dick. I know, but there's you, like you know what? Oh, let, let's keep it with the baseball talk. Yeah. there's there's uh, what what do they call it? There, there, there's uh, intangibles. <laughs> I mean, sure. I think like Derek Jeter had a lot of intangible. Yeah, there's a lot of. When, they don't remember, show up on a scorecard. Remember when Derek Jeter was being painted as simultaneously the worst fucking professional and athlete and yeah, the greatest? Yeah, yeah. And everybody would just and be you'd like, look at it and be like, 18 homers. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> well, so what's the Mendoza line? <laughs> that's 200 to bat 200. 200, right? Oh, is it two, I thought it was. I thought it was two, I thought uh, 235, it was, I thought. Uh, okay. What? Look it up. Let's pull it up because we're, we're going to reveal ours. But to me, it's like hardcore for hardcore. Is like someone batting. That's like Tony Gwynn. Hardcore for hardcore is probably a season where somebody's batting 325, 30 home runs, and 130 RBIs. What I do love is that this is based on a basketball tournament and we're using baseball. <laughs> we're going baseball. We can do it all. I, un- I understand baseball a little, a little better, better than yeah. fucking basketball. Yeah. I wish there was do a baseball we have tournament. Do Mendoza? Um, the cutoff point is most often to be said 200. Yes, 200. 200. Okay. So, yeah. so Mendoza's career average is 215. See, but but like you think about the Mendoza line, and it's like that's if somebody's batting 200 in the majors, they not, not a bad season. So I'm saying that hardcore Bieber. for hardcore is batting 325, 30 homers, 130 RBI. That's like Mike Trapp. It's a good, real good season, like sure. a great season. Raw life is maybe hitting 300, uh, 16 homers, 100 RBI. Just hit 100 RBI. So that's, it's like, oh, that's a really solid yeah. season. This record feels to me like the season where it's hit 285. Home runs were up. Like, there's some hits. He had 25 homers. RBIs are down. 80 RBI. Mm. Maybe missed some games. Taking some big swings. Pulled a more, str- more strikeouts this season. Hmm. You know, that's how this record feels to me. But, again, a lot of people will tell you this is the 325 season. Yeah. And so. that's, I mean, that's cool. Mm, so, I enjoyed it. It's a fun listen. 
Right. Um, I think you could like revisit it and not, you know, it's not an undertaking. I think this is okay. also a some huge, records are undertaking. Yeah, huge, is, hugely influential record too. Like I think this kind of became because of who put it out and it got out there. Uh, I think this was big. Were they like the almost the precursor to the like the Boston sound like being resurrected? No, I think this is the end of it. Who, is, I, I, who were like, now the progenitors of bringing back the, the DYS SSD thing? <sighs> Would you say? Way back, I mean, uh, when I mean, I think like in I the two thousand, there was a ton of like oh, the no way record scene out of Virginia, like the government warning, oh, okay. and um, yeah, who's the other one that was really good? But anyways, uh, direct control, like, and they weren't necessarily, but there was a bunch of bands like that. Uh-huh. I also think that DYS SSD, like the Exclaim record sound, yeah. really kicked up hard in the early OOS with um, Shark Attack. Okay. Was big that bringing that in. Uh, Think I care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the dead alive scene, like a lot of that stuff, was kind of leaning into it. And there was mm-hmm. bands who were pulling from that well, and it brought it to more mainstream. You know, like you can hear when you listen to some of that, like some of the early locking out or some of the stuff that Painkiller was doing. You can hear that in those records too. It's not as direct because they also sure. locking out, especially was taking so much from New York. New York yeah. You know, so. Sure. Uh, but this, I think, was the end. I don't know if there's much beyond it. There's bands now. I think that band Fixation would tell you, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Rival Mob. That's what we're They were about. the biggest of that. No question. Nope. And they yeah. did. I think they did a good job of kind of playing a lot of different shows. No, that they definitely did. They mixed it up. Yeah. So. And that, that matters. That counts for a lot. Of and course. That's like, how you if get you're them. the only band who does that, you're the band who gets remembered. Mm-hmm. And now for something completely different. Mm-hmm. Touche Amore, Parting the Sea Between Brightness and Me. 2011, mm. Death Wish Inc. Who wants to go first on this? I'll go first. You go Do first. Do it. I really, really, really enjoyed this record. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, I love that Stage 4 record, It's but it's very, like... It's a tough far. listen. Yeah. But I think... I thought this record was great. I was... I mean, I had listened to it before, but I didn't really kind of give it that more, like... While prepping for this, you give it a, like a different listen. Um, not as scrams as I thought it would be. No, I no. Feel like it's a lot more hardcore than people give it credit. Again, for. this is like when we were talking about Loma. I don't know if hardcore is what I'd go to, but it's and not. Jeremy's hard. Like, I feel like there's fast parts. There's, there are. Yeah. There's hardcore parts. Yeah. It's not straight up like fucking Sasha. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely not. So I really liked it. I thought the lyrics are great. I like the production. Um, I like. It, even though Stage 4 was like the concept record, I feel like this was the flow between the songs was so like, this could have been one, and this sounds bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way, one 28-minute song. Right. Because I felt like it, it flows so well that like I was listening to it while I was like doing stuff at work, and like I'd look up and it'd be like, oh, this is like a different song. But like all the parts kind of flow together so well that it's hard to almost... Excellent def- with transitions. Yeah. It's not like a... Like it all kind of, I felt like it all, you know, sort of flowed together. Um, I just really liked it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I liked the production. Vocals are cool. Lyrics are good as always. Um, so yeah. So here's my thing. I actually, these are my people. I mm-hmm. really, you know, know the dudes. Played shows with the dudes. I uh, don't really start liking their music until after this. And I understand that this is the breakthrough and I understand this is a huge record. And there's for many a lot of people, people who would say like everything up to this yep, and then after sure. some stuff. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. But uh, 
Where is this in the in their discography? This is Second the first LP. LP. Oh, Second I thought LP. first. First LP. LP is to the beat of a dying horse. Beat of oh, beat okay, of yeah, that's horse. a full LP. Okay, I mean it's either a twelve inch GP or a full LP. Right, I right, think it's a okay. full LP. So uh, there's that on six one three one. This is the first Death Wish LP, and then it's is survived by, mm. and then stage four. But this is their first. This is what this is a huge breakthrough. This, this is a huge breakthrough. This is a me- this is the memeable one. Got it. Uh, and I have a hard time describing my feelings on it because. I'm seeing it in contrast to the rival mob instead of seeing it as its own entity. Uh, that's fair. That's, it, that's, that's makes this, these things sort of tough sometimes is because going from the rival mob to this, which is how I listen to them. Uh, this is not my sound. This doesn't immediately appeal to me, but the craftsmanship quote unquote, the effort felt tangible. It felt like like every song was a band trying to write a thing that, that they were proud of. And I ultimately, that really won me over on this because this is, again, this is really not my sound. You know what I mean? Like, even though there's plenty crossover in what I do and all that, but it's, this won me over because lyrically he's shooting for more, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Very ambitious. And it doesn't doesn't mean it doesn't always hit, you know what I mean? Like, but, uh, musically, uh, you can tell that there's more than one idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, like uh-huh. the, 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 they might've thrown away the template or going with something b- much wider here. Uh, so do I like this on its own merits? I don't know if I'd revisit it all the time, but today, beautiful palate cleanser. Yeah, I, uh, I think this record to me, one, the contrast between this and Rival Mob is stark. Yeah. Because I was just saying, oh, I think the Rival Mob record feels too produced. Or it's too clean. The production's too big on it. I don't know. Uh, this record is 10 times bigger, 10 times cleaner, but it just works for the sound. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel like because of the content, this record comes off more raw than the Rival yeah. Mob record. Yeah. And that's crazy to say in a way. Um, I think that... Jeremy's vocals are strong. This might be his best vocal performance. Uh, not, not super familiar with Stage Four or is survived by, but I've listened to him, and this is the one that I would cite as like, this is where he was like really strong. He was just super strong here. I think that is there a Bane fan alive who wouldn't like this kind of record? People who are strictly in for some riffing, I guess. I don't know. Because I, I, I think that's a weird comparison, but there has that same emotional... I was going to say, it's big and it's Angular, emotional. lyrical content, too, yeah. that I think would resonate with people who are more into that side of things. Well, is this Stadium Screamo? This is Stadium Absolutely. Screamo. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, I also said this is, this is Screamo. This is, this is ultimate version of every one of their influences they took in the sages and the 90s screamo stuff mm-hmm. and just like oh we can do that better i think they did it better than that stuff. i agree there's people who like that more for whatever you know like oh maybe they like it sounds a little more raw it sounds a little more you know and we say the word amateur we mm-hmm. don't mean that in a pejorative way here a lot of hardcore is amateur and by choice and intention these guys just leveled it in they just kind of put it right to it i think this is their best record Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's between this and Sage Four, I would say. Um, funny Sage story. Tell mm-hmm. me. We were in. Uh, so I, I mean, I've known those like the singer forever. Like he was a hardcore dude, or whatever. <clears throat> but we were in. Um, I don't know if I should say the name of the record store. Where? We'll take it out. Limit, uh, limited to one. Oh yeah, that's fine. 
And uh, we were, like, you know, going through different records, whatever. And this, like, older couple came in to, like, look at records and stuff. And someone had just brought in, like, a tour version of some Seisha record. Mm-hmm. And it was being labeled for 250 bucks. Wow. So the woman was like, I would really like to hear this and wonder why. I, I'm really curious why it's 250 bucks. <laughs> so uh, the dude from Limited One, I, I forget his name, really sweet kind of guy. Everybody speaks highly of both the shop and the dude. Yeah, and it's like a couple that owns it. They're both like super nice. Uh, puts it on. She's like, "Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like this." And he, he turns to her, he goes, "Most people don't." <laughs> and he's like, "That's why it's two hundred fifty bucks." Yeah, but I mean, people I think you do love it for two hundred fifty bucks. People will buy it. Yep. It was like yeah. some limited edition, like tour only cover, whatever the fuck. Here's the thing: go in there. Uh, it's, it's awesome for people uh, in the New York area. That record might still be up there. Go check it out. Oh, that's interesting. It may not be. Yeah, no, I, I don't that's know. That's why I said might. It, Did Jeremy get on a flight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. something from that style, that like 90s screamo that mm. never got me was that I felt like it was all jagged and it wasn't well composed. Mm-hmm. I think this is like inarguably a well put together record. 100%. Right? Yeah. You know, like it just flows. It seems crafted. It's I don't know. I Does this feel like people think about or talk about this band in the more hardcore zeitgeist like they did? At the time when this came out, like I think I saw them play in Texas with with Trapped Under Ice. Yeah, that makes on sense. the same show, and it 100%. wasn't a really weird thing, and there wasn't like two crowds that shifted in and out of the building when they played. You well, know, let's just say it's square. Like, it, it, uh, okay, I'm going to say something that is controversial. I think uh, controversial light today. My my friends that are booking agents uh, have a theory. It's all the same fucking kid, dude. You know, what I mean? uh, like that's their theory. Uh, because in most places it is in most places it is yes and, and not the big cities right big cities you but can in see Oklahoma the same kid the is going kid. to see Terror is going to see Touche well, is going to see Title look, Fight and look, Turnover and whatever else look at, every T-band in the category <laughs> look at Touche uh, as you said you could definitely I never thought of Bane crossover 100% uh-huh, crazy. Uh, Thursday crossover yes 100% uh, then you could get into uh, actual like sass. You could get into the, yep. like the people that liked that w- love that stuff, but are open to melodic material. Uh, especially as they were aging at that point, right? This yep. place in time, that's like it, it almost fits to where they were going. So uh, you could. The only thing that this excludes, because there's even some well played. By the way, uh, oh yeah, th- I know this this drummer is a beast. Uh, Different and, drummer from same people in this band for the whole time. I think from this record on, it's all the same people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but Elliot, who drums in this band, is a beast. Uh, yeah, and uh, also a, a bit of a uh, technician. He's a, he's very very good. He doesn't show off as much as he could, but he's he's a right. beast. And what I mean by that is, this motherfucker could play fast. So you you don't him need- and him and Jeremy had some not D beat, but very fast. Is that punk Deadhead? Band. That might be it. Yeah, because my buddy put out. They were like the main band at first, and Touche was the side. I thought ah, I remember. Oh, that could be. That it might be. be. There was there was some project where they were doing a clearly like this is our more punk, like dark, dirty punk band. Uh, uh, not all members, no, but it, but a number yeah, of members yeah. of this band met in an Aquabats forum. Yeah, that's uh, is that true? That's true. Yeah, I think I I've, think Elliot's still a card carrying member of the Aquabats uh, fan. I've club. actually seen the Aquabats. I haven't seen them since maybe the nineties. So you know, you should bring. Easton, I think he'd like it. It's fun. That's most of the crowd there were kids, yeah. and it was right around Comic Con. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, what, now, did he, what did we were listening? Now to they're like writing songs for like sparkling wiggles or whatever. And Yo Gabba Gabba, aren't that? Isn't that? Yeah, that? yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba. That's right. Easton's more of a Neil Young kind of guy. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, but he's, he's a more inter seventies. Yeah. yeah. There was a ton. This band touched a ton of people. Huge. I, I've played shows with them, and it's one of those bands that people approach Jeremy and want to talk about their lives because it, it what he's about impacts people. Oh, this is a question though. Can we cite bands who've been influenced or look at Touche now because of the tenure of their band and say this is one of our main influences? Uh, I feel like it's more passive. I, I can't oh, yeah, think of any more active. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I, but I'm wondering if there's any active. Because I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years we see some sort of resurgence of interest in this kind of sound specifically. Right. You know, I can't cite any directly right now. But it's an interesting piece. All right. Anything else on that? No, I know what. I'm voting Touche. I'm going Touche. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Your heart says Touche, my dude. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart. My. uh... You know what? I'm going to go Touche because I see Hardcore for Hardcore going far and I like it more than this. And this is, I think, Touche's best record. And if I'm saying that the Touche record feels more raw than the Rival Mob record, that's that's something. So Touche wins. Okay. With us. But guess what? Didn't we ain't voting. Yeah, it don't matter <laughs> don't to us. Don't mean shit. Our votes wanna you know, the, the first round votes that we've gotten in, you know, we're seeing the votes like close to a thousand votes. So it's fucking crazy. It's great. It's great. Uh, and are people mostly did we predict correctly uh, <coughs> largely or are way. we wrong? Largely, largely okay, right. right. I think we're pretty right on. Well, you know, people who've been tuning into the post-game shows, the wrap-ups on YouTube, <laughs> will uh, will get there. So okay, all right. So Touche, thank you. Very cool. Rob Mob, thank you. Very cool. Next up, X Repentance X, the Sickness of Eden, twenty fifteen. Carry the weight records. Ready to go. Let me start. Yes. Oh yeah. Let me start. Lots of Slayer. Okay. United King UK straight yeah. edge slayer. I think that this record specifically made me think about metalcore and the what I would because you've qualified mosh metal. There's mosh metal, metalcore, and there was one other, wasn't there? Dirt metal? No, scum metal. There's scum metal. but there's other things too. But like pulling back from that, go 10,000 feet up. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 20. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. There's metalcore, which you mean hardcore sound, in metal structures. Sure. So that's where stuff gets harder. Moshier. You get more moshy, yeah. like that kind of thing. Then there's metalcore, which is metal sounds in hardcore structures. And that's the category I put this extra pound sax record in because there's Slayer riffing all over it. My favorite song is, um, what is it? Children of Cain. <laughs> this just literally sounds like it's rain and blood guitar parts all over it. <laughs> Has there ever been a a, a, record, a band name and record title Holy fuck. that is so, like, I know what that sounds like. Uh, no. no. I feel no. like, that, I, like right I, I didn't even have to, I could be like, I could tell you what this sounds like. It yep. sounds like Day of Suffering and all, like, the do, vegan straight-edge metal of the early 90s. Do you the think the production on this, uh, listen to this, I don't listen to that kind of stuff sure. very often. I thought the production on this... I think the tempo, the speed, some of the like attention to details set it apart from that stuff in a way that I was impressed with. Now, I am not a student of that game. Sure, sure, sure. What bands would this band play with in the 90s? Day of Suffering, anything. Anything on Tribunal. Okay. Yeah. This, look, so I don't This love is your bag. Abnegation. Sort of. I don't love this. This might be past your, your, it is. your this, threshold for metal. It, it is. Uh, this is like we always use the prayer for cleansing test. You know what I mean? This, this I mean, this could be like fucking Archangel. Yep. They could play with Archangel. <laughs> they could play with, there were a bunch of bands. Um, there was a band called Slave Ark in yep. the UK that we used to play with that was like straight up like vegan straight edge. But metal, metal, metal straight yeah. up metal. Yeah. But they were all hardcore kids, you know. Um, uh, this is. But when you guys say metal, like to me, when I think of a lot of those metal bands, I think of like big metal licks and riffs, but also tempo that didn't get as fast as this stuff. Am I wrong? Are any of those bands hitting like no? Those a fast bands, are, beat, you know, Archangel may have, but like I feel like a lot of those other bands were just like the the mid tempo Slayer mosh part, yeah. right? And that's what I'm thinking. I think that falls into metal sounds in hardcore structures you know what I mean so right. it's like there's some there's some big licks and this is stuff but it goes for this more mid-tempo whereas this actually gets some fast parts yeah I, I actually I that's this caught me by surprise because I was like might hate this one <laughs> and I didn't hate it yeah, right. I didn't hate it I thought it was pretty good I love that you say licks yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that into like my daily because no more riffs nah, licks. no riffs is any licks is a tip it's a metal yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, you know, Rival I mean? Mob doesn't have licks; they got yeah. riffs. They do exactly. But they're like this, maybe blistered. They got licks. They got licks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I, I like the speed picking, and I don't know. The guitars are up front. I, I like the production on this one. UK I, bands get good production. I actually mm. didn't care for the production on this. Uh, I, he's he's not in the bag for the UK stuff. I know. I, I mean, I love a typical. What Irish. producers are you beefing? In the UK? <laughs> no, actually, there's there's dudes out there that do stuff for my bands. They're cool guys and. This when year did this come out? I'm sorry. 2015. On Carry the Weight Records. Uh, this uh, just... It's past my threshold. Uh, it, it, this is too metal for my tastes. Um, it uh, it floats away. 
You know what I mean? Like there, there's, yeah, there's metal that floats uh, away for me and this floats away. Uh, it's obviously competently played. It's obviously uh, in a lane that it fully, it fully it knows. You know what I mean? Uh, but I just, to me, it floated away. Those, those guitars flittered away. All right. I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, like I said, it's, I'm, I was into some of that tribunal. I feel like it's a little no. I, I should I be clear. I was a tribunal guy. No, I should be clear. The stuff that we've heard on this podcast that I describe as tribunal is almost always a step above tribunal quality, and this is okay. too. Th- yeah. This yeah. is yeah. too. So just so I'm clear, but you're you're using that as a form to get say, hey, this is a broad category sound, which I think it is. So uh, some some metalcore expert could probably help us, but there. Uh, Gothenburg sound invaded at one time, yeah. but then mm-hmm. there was this, yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it, I don't want to, it's a low, if we say Slayer, then yeah. I have to say it is the, um, not as beastly Slayer. It is the, the earlier thrashier Slayer or what? Oh, it's like the more mid-tempo Slayer. No, oh, right? no, that's not what I Because I think that's what, that's what I liked about this. This is, this to me, the parts I liked remind me of Rain and Blood. Oh, all right. See, for me, all the guitars. Which is the second track. All the guitars on this, on broadly, this stuff, quote unquote, uh, anything that it takes from Slayer, it doesn't. It doesn't do the heaviness as well to me. Maybe it has those guitar parts, but it just does. Like the reason Slayer has permeated many more cultures than just metal is because it's fucking heavy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you yeah, could, that's true. Some people love Metallica, but. Metallica has moments of heavy and there's going to be people mad at me, but it's yeah. not as, it's not heavy. Like Slayer is heavy. And, and you know, no. you can't hear bands that actually replicate Metallica. No, it's very few. Very Slayer few. is somehow people can replicate it. Well, who's I think the, Metallica? yeah, so that's an interesting question. Huh? Cause James Hetfield's right hand. That's the only reason why no one can sell it. Metallica. Okay. Mm. But anyway, po- style, but here's anyway. what I'm saying. Oh. Uh, I don't want to squ- I don't want to shit on this because I thought like when I'm hearing it I'm like oh okay it's good yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but it just flitted away okay I enjoy it I have I mean I handpicked this band ah to play with Indecision Molly oh okay. right. snap with Voorhees okay at the Underworld nice mix to, yeah uh, good mix yeah in Camden in Camden Underworld it's fucking fantastic um yeah I, I'm in the bag so this sort of stuff I like can we go to London and record let's just do a yeah, week in London sure. Anybody here? Can Anybody hear who hears this, figure out how we can afford that. We'll look for the cheapest flights from New York to London, and we'll just do a week. Can you take off a week? Tell them. It's I can take a week off. All right, let's do it. Okay. Let's Pack and do a spoken word tour. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We'll just do. We'll do various spoken word. We'll headline the Temple of Boom. That mm. that'll be the thing. Is on Mondays and Wednesdays we do our individual spoken words. Sure. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays we do the collabo. I think we should wait until Reading and Leeds and just headline. Mm, I think so. Nah, what if we, I mean, I mean if we can play Wembley, you know. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Uh, true. Or Wimbledon, whatever. I'll, I'll headline I'll that. I'll play Arthur Ashe. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, what's this? Up, what's RP. what's this going up against? It is up against. You got my Face ID. Did something happen with iPhones? My Face ID ain't working, so it sucks every time I put this up. I have not installed Face ID because you don't want the You're government. About it. Yeah. What about know. that ten-year challenge? I think that's real. People are you saying think, that. You think the ten-year challenge conspiracy is yeah, real? Yeah, I think it's real. I might agree with that. Really? I'm not. I'm not 100 because then I googled it to send it to Amanda and be like, "Yo," because that would that kind of stuff would trip her the fuck out. She hates it. But I was gonna send it to her, and then I saw the first two articles were on like 
sort of dodgy sites. And I was like, no, is this some like alt-right yeah. conspiracy? Fuck. QAnon wrote this fucking nonsense. Yeah. All right. That's tough because I bet 1% of what arrives on there is totally true. And then people, the like, 99%, yeah. people like you and I are like, yeah, but you just said that like Honduran immigrants uh, are all carrying machetes across the border. Right, we right. Can't with trust their prayer mats. Like, yeah. How can I tr- <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't trust this yeah. shit. Rude Awakening, The Awakening, released in 2012 Damn. on Triple B Records. Okay. I thought this was a locking out band. Uh, feels... Feels of the that kind of world, but not lock it out. It's it's a step over. That's okay. kind of how early into the triple B discography is this? This must be not, like not first so, 10. I mean, he first record came out thirteen years ago, two thousand seven or something like that. Yeah, the earthquake gak attack split. Oh, that's right. Right. Straight up, very cool, Sam. Uh, we got to get some of those mouse pads. This record surprised me because I think Same. I I expected it to be more ignorant, more heavy, that, more. Yeah, it, you know, I think I was thinking this is a band who opens for uh, World of Pain and, you know, maybe sounds close to Death Before Dishonor, who also has faster parts than I give him credit for. Yeah. But, like, I was thinking this was ignorant heavy. It's not. This is, I hear a lot of Trapped Under Ice. I hear a lot of Guns Up, actually. I hate death threat. Yeah. Death threat, no warning, a little terror. Yeah. I said the vocals impressed me because there I was like a clarity it. to it. Yeah. You know what I compared it to? I had to find them because I was like, for some reason, I'm coming to Damnation AD. And I was like, no, some Damnation AD vocals are really fucking weird. But I went to the Rev record, Fallen Souls or whatever it is. Kingdom of the Fallen, yeah, Lost Kingdom, Souls. Kingdom of Lost yeah. Souls. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. If you listen to these vocals that. on that. Yeah. Because it's to a heavier music, but really clear. I wonder if that's a reference point for this dude. I don't know if it would be, but but it, that's kind of where he ends up. Um, somebody said this is like a New England hardcore sound, which is very different than Boston hardcore. Right? I can hear that. Right. Yeah. And I think that kind of that, that feels not too far off. These <laughs> vocals make my throat hurt. Uh, I, like I, I can feel what that must feel like, and it hurts. My favorite song was Untamed World. My- Same. Yeah. Okay, so I actually not much connected with this record. I was I, it was heavier than I anticipated, uh, but the last song I actually really enjoyed because it felt it. If we think that maybe the Rival Mob record was a little too self aware, the last song on this record feels like it is self aware in a way that made it through my net where I was like. Okay, they're all, all right. in. You know, what I mean, they're throwing they're throwing every part of this type of music into this, into this yeah. song, and I guess I'm here for it, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, really well played. Solid drum, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's nothing that kind of like that didn't work necessarily. You know what I mean? The drum was super solid. The guitar, like everything, it was very competently played hardcore i thought and i don't think it gets credit for that and it feels no it definitely doesn't you know what i mean like yeah, this is really well played and to speak delicately about things this is a band who i think because they played heavier shows maybe just got like that as their reputation and like led with it but i think there's a lot of kids who are more middle of the road sound mainstream hardcore who really could ride like Absolutely. if you like triple b records you should probably listen to this record because yeah. you might like it you know yeah yeah um also, hard to find on Spotify, so go listen to our playlist. it's under R.A., right? R.A., The Awakening, which I think there's some artist named Root Awakening that they couldn't, you know, get I remember from. that because they did a split with Death Threat relatively, I mean, recently. It's probably four years ago at this point. But it was the same thing. It was Death Threat slash R.A., and I was like, I don't even know, that, but it was Root Awakening. All right, so X Repentance X. 
Mel, have you ever heard Repentance? I like it. Good? I enjoy it. Yeah. It's my sort of thing, though. Yeah. Can you give us anything on it so we can get, add to the conversation? Like my opinion? Yeah. No. I have to re-listen. Okay. I just remember yeah. enjoying it. But it was a while ago. Wasn't that like a couple of... A long time ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. years ago now. 2015. Is that a long time ago now? <laughs> Well, four years. Four years Yo, a long time in hardcore years, bro. Hold on, let's talk about, real quick, yeah, before we get into it. Let's talk about how I checked out some of the responses to uh, polls that we've had up in the past, and people are like, oh, wow, taking me back to freshman year. And I'm like, Yo, Tenth I, grade. I, yeah, think I, so. I think I was like, you know, my mom was pressuring me to have a kid by the time that this right, I had like a, I was like running program. I had a full, full-time job. But that's <laughs> like, the same thing with that 10th. 10 year challenge thing I'm like I know. Yo you were like In like 6th grade There's I know. some amazing Ones of those Where I thought I thought that Like somebody I was following On Instagram Was like 30 mm-hmm. And it tur- and then they do Their 10 year challenge And either they are s- Trying to stunt Really hard Right yes. Weird flex uh, uh, Like But okay uh, Or Faces have changed So much That now like 24 year olds Look, I don't know. It, very it, weird. It is. It is wild. I, uh, yeah. A lot of y'all had swoosh hair. I'll say that. A lot. Yeah. All right. Extra Penance X, the sickness of Eden versus Root Awakening, the Awakening. Let's vote. It's tough. I'm gonna, it is tough. I'm gonna go Root Awakening. Yeah, me too. I, I actually, I really, I uh, will revisit that one song from Extra Penance X because I want to listen to it and see what else I, I actually pull from it. Something I didn't say about that record. I think the vocals on the first song are deceptively kind of off and then because I was about to make this whole thing like oh I don't like the vocals on it but then by the yeah, second song they, 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 yeah. they dial it in so I'm like alright um, but yeah Rude Awakening are ties allowed? no <laughs> so I have to make a decision be you decisive flip a coin if you got it you him. can't be indecisive <laughs> oh. um hmm. fuck that's really tough just to be be the Patrick Kinlan of the group yeah. right now, I'm going to go extra penance. Okay, but right. it's very. I mean, it's very, 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 very close, and I, I enjoyed both records. People were loving your. This is coming down to the last minute three point shot. They loved, yeah, loved I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the play by play. This is like a. Uh, <laughs> this is. It, I think this one might be. Other teams up by two. Guy misses a three. In and Rude out. awakening in and out, but he's fouled. Goes to the free throw line. Hits one. Misses the first one. Right. And you're like, ah. Oh. Second one, everybody's nervous. Hits it. Down by one. Can tie it now. And he misses. And he misses. Fair. I think that's where we're at. Or they're down by three. He hits the fir- He misses the first one, hits the second, has to miss the third one and get intentionally the, ooh, to, to get try the to get the win. Yeah. They're both, I mean, both records are, um, I wasn't as familiar with either of them, to be no. quite honest with you. I had listened to them at the times and all that sort of stuff, but I was, I was impressed with both. I, I hadn't heard either record and before I this. I like so, them both. Cool. Next matchup. Getting real 2018 in here, guys. Though this one is debatable because we have had some... And even the owner of Triple B Records wasn't quite sure. But someone else was. Somebody else. Well, because they were going off it. Then I went to Discogs. It says 2018. So Candy says 7-inch EP. Mm. 2018, according to Discogs, which is where we're getting all the other years, so we're just going with it. Triple B Records. How dare you? No. Up against Phil Head, Springtime and Blind, 2018. Oh, yeah. Run for cover, locking out records. Um, Candy says, whew, start us off, Tom. Um, what can we say that we haven't said about this record a billion times on this? Yeah, we talked about it a lot last year. It's really good. Like for a, a, 
like how you're saying, like you listen to the Rival Mob, you're like, this this would be cool for like a first record, yeah, but like for a third record, like the fuck, for this to be like your first foray into, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, strong. it's so well done. Vocals are awesome. Like there's no nothing about it is is not fucking fantastic to me. I had a few of these. I've asked questions. I want to ask a question here. What would you change on this record? Nothing. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would change anything. Five songs comes in and goes out pretty quick. Yep. Yeah. Production cool feels good. For it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for that. Vocal styles good. Mm-hmm. I feel like Got the levels. On it. Uh, yeah, you do. Good. I can't wait. Oh yeah, you do. Um, I think that I everything feels thought out. It's got textures and tones. There's different yeah. layers of stuff going on. It's highly competent. I feel like the vocal... I'll talk about the vocals. Maybe doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Yeah. There's a part on my favorite song, Sanctity Squandered, on here, mm. where he does uh, what I'll refer to as maniac back and forth vocals, Yep. which sounds like you're talking back and forth to yourself. Yeah. It's like I'm over here and now I'm over here and then I'm over here and now I'm over here. It's, it's the best can part on the CP. Can we pan that when you do this? Best Maybe. part. Yeah, I can try. Best part on the CP. And it's so strong. I, I think that it's maybe criminal for this to get overlooked by the LP which is decidedly fucking great too yeah this EP is so fucking good vocals give me the John Tardy from Obituary Vibe oh uh, yeah yeah always have I don't know why just so, as- so here's my wild take are you ready sure you go Obituary I'm going Justice from Trapped Under Ice do mm. not hear it here's why because there are Trapped Under Ice songs which are good but are elevated to great by Justice by Justice's choice of cadence. That's true. And okay. And this this candy EP has some great songs, and then on songs that might just be good, they are pulled because of they're pulled upward because of the vocals. Uh, dur- which there are some very. Bob's filming us. Yeah, is he filming us? <laughs> There's some. I don't know if it's intuitive or or planned out. I don't know. You know what I mean? But. There are some choices that are made that that I, kick it up. That kick it up a notch. And I am curious. <coughs> Excuse me. If I don't think Trapped Under Ice could not be an influence here. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I think mean, it's, it's impossible, kind of right? Stuff. Yeah. It's 2018. Yeah. They're an influence on everything, everything. that's right. happening. I would be curious. Like no way to tell, obviously, because yeah. you're a vocalist. I'm a vocalist. We have both. We both try to do someone sometimes, yeah, and find, it just ends up our own yes. thing because yeah. we're we're a million miles away. Yeah. Uh, now the 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 tone of this of, of this singer's voice is very different than the singer trapped under ice's voice for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think that some of these clever choices, I think those owe a debt to justice. That's my theory, All right. and I think that that goes across the board for a lot of what we listen to when I hear an interesting vocal decision, uh, I think that I, I wonder if it's just, I wonder it like did justice get in somebody's head because I, I think that, uh, I hear it. I also think that this band is kind of, I was saying that touche is better than any of their influences. And kind of took a, some of parts of different, you know, because what we didn't really touch on is there's definitely hardcore elements of that Touche record that we think get understated because they're part of this Scrams world, right? Right, right, yeah. We're totally yeah, understated. It's fast fucking hardcore parts. Yes. Yeah. And they take those and they take the 90s Screamo and they mm-hmm. take a lot of things and 
come out with something that is better than a lot of the sum of those parts. Candy is a band of dudes who were in bands before. Most, you know, a couple of dudes were in the band Lost Souls. Right. I think actually that Lost Souls EP is pretty good. Uh, Zach, the singer, was in the band Malfunction. Who right. Their last record on on Mal, on Bridge Nine, uh, I had been whelmed by them up until that point, and I listened to that you know when I was digging out from a snowstorm once and was really impressed with right. it. And they all leveled up, and right. that says right. something. When you go to another band and you either get better because you just get better at what you're doing or you are more uh, conscious of how you're doing it, that sounds something to me. And this is the like, yo, Candy is no joke. This is a band whose name is Candy. Like we shouldn't understate that that's kind of a name that could be a pass for a lot of people mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they have record art that many find off-putting. I fucking love it. But it's, it's also... You know, there's some people who find it to be uh, obscene. Mm. I mean, it is obscene. Uh, call, I just like it. We call those we call those born again Christians. Mm. I mean, when I first heard the name, I was like, okay. I think a lot of people without, they had to overcome no, it, it, right? Oh yeah, without hearing the record, I was just kind of like, oh, I get it. Right, it's it gonna be, be too, like some my, like snotty like. My, yeah, it might be too uh, clever for its own. Oh yeah, or like yeah, like that name could go a lot of good, different ways, and it probably ninety percent of the way time doesn't go to this sound, and it feels filthy. Right. And mm. I don't know why. Mm. A lot of people don't dirty. like their merch. Think about all the weird, intangible reasons people like bands. Merch, yeah. cool name, cool artwork. For some people, Candy checks none of those boxes. The merch and they still rough. like them. I really like They had that. a new black shirt I wanted to send you a link Fuck, for that I, I think I is cool. It actually is, it's actually a cool design. Too. I like, like all the merch. Yeah, I just uh, can't yeah. wear those colors. I'm 50-50 on the merch. I like the album art a lot. Yes. And, you know, fuck. It's like, major props to this. <clears throat> this record, uh, especially compared to some of the others, hearing records from 2018, 2017, compared to records from 2010 to 2015, mm-hmm. sounds really different. I mean, it's almost unfair. Uh-huh. Because it's kind of like, there will be records that this record will be going, or, you know, if it, if it goes to the next round. Mm-hmm. Or either of the candy records... That'll be facing its influence. Yes. Oh, for sure. That's Which is weird. It's yeah. not a twenty. Oh, yeah. It's not a year That's versus year. That's gonna be fun. I mean, it's gonna be. Yeah. Tui is going to face a, a band on this countdown at some point. That owes them a debt. Yeah. A huge debt of gratitude, yeah. and it's gonna be like, oh, this is weird because it's so. It's not. There's no, you know, twenty ten LPs versus twenty LP. It's literally like if you happen to be lucky enough to be the twenty eighteen band, then you're getting. Everyone between 2010 and 2017 as part of your influence, whether or not you would. Well, we'll see how it works out. Is this going to be an Anakin versus Obi Wan situation, or a uh, you know, I don't know. I can't think of I can't think of one where the the pupil defeats the teacher, (laughs) but that uh, apt pupil. Yeah. Oh geez. Um, But yeah, no, I think like for this to be your first recording, like if you were like, oh, they've been working on this for like four years, that makes sense. Yeah. Because like that, well done. And I also anybody who's familiar, check the candy demo. It's cool. This record smokes it. Yeah. Smokes. I've it. never heard the candy demo. Oh, smokes honest. it. All right, next record. Pat, start us off on this one. Fiddlehead, Springtime and Blind, 2018, Run for Cover and Locking Out Records. Oh. So I soft shitted on this in previous episodes where you guys love it, and I've been the dissenting voice that has said good, not great, right? And I still think good, not great, but. On this list, and I enjoyed it much more. It's what is so. If, what is good, not great, on a scale of one to one hundred? 
Oh, I mean, is that a fifty-five? Is good, not great. Sixty, fifty, sixty out of a hundred is good, not great. I was going to say seventy. You know okay, I mean? it's good, like, not great. Like this. So, is, this so is a good now, record, where did it move? Well, where did it move from your original good, not great? Has Some, it gone from seventy to seventy-five? Correct. Okay, uh, and I, I think that there's. You're like a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, just, I give the seven point seven. I, I think there's uh, the previous EP was a seven point three. I think there's some uh, good songs. Uh, you know, does it owe a lot to its influences? I think it does. That's natural. Do I think that those influences, even if I like them, I'm kind of tired of? You know what I mean? Like, like, mm. I, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little tired. If this had whale know? sounds on it, would you like it more? If this, <laughs> correct. All right. Uh, no, you know what? I just I think that, that there's a lot of uh, a lot of title fight, yeah. and uh, for a lot of people, that's. There's no offense taken there because that's the, people love title fight. That's right. Do you think and, the members of this band are pulling from the same well as title fight, or do you think like I find? I mean, maybe this is my own fucking bias. I find it really hard to believe that Pat's like I want to sound like title fight. I don't think it's that crazy. I think no. so. so a, th- a thing about Pat Flynn that that like well, one he's also not writing these. Correct. That's true. That, yeah, that's true. I, I, uh, sure, but like lyric, like vocally and all that sort of stuff. I th- oh, I bet he, I bet he would cop to some of it. Yeah. yeah, a thing about Pat Flynn that everybody should give him credit on this. He is interested in the direction music takes. He doesn't. He's not like uh, okay. So let's just talk, let's just talk plain about people in our age. friend group. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's people that we know who experienced a moment or some success or whatever, and they don't want anybody to supersede that. No, to, to eclipse they want them. that resin to stay at the top of the mountain. Yes, and uh, Pat Flynn is not that man. Pat Flynn yeah. wants everybody to succeed and he's really interested in the direction that a culture has taken and sees himself as just a fucking dot on like that a landscape. You know, so spoke in the wheel. Uh, so like the uh wheel. so I think that he probably really likes Title Fight and also uh, that is not uh, like I don't think he takes any offense to me saying that it's uh, Oh no no, it, no I'm not even saying that he was offended but like I wonder if like those dudes like the guy from Basement that writes this shit or whatever. Is he... Alex, yeah. Is he... I think Alex is probably a title fight. Big, big fan. But I think they kind of were on the same... Like, y- yes. The, he yes. definitely... Trajector. I think he would... And we can ask him at some point, but I think he would... He's definitely touching some of the reference points as well. That's but what also, I, mean. I yeah. think there's certainly cues. Like when you listen to the record, it's undeniable. Like if this record were to go up against Floral Green, it's like you listen to those records back to back. It, there's a lot of things that are comparable, and that's not from you know one person or not. There's also things they do that are very different than Title Fight would sure. do. You know, sure. Th- there's a. I don't like one of the more uh, there's two songs on this that are actually quite title fight esque to me that I really enjoy. So I'm not even really yeah. mad. I'm just, do, do you guys remember when title fight was name checked? Not by bands necessarily, but by everybody talking about bands for way too long. Like, and it just seemed like, look, I like title fight. You know what I mean? Like I actually like the early material, which is really mm-hmm. out of off brand for me. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, it is. Uh, Except for your new pop punk lean. Ah, uh, true. We can yeah. get into that. Modern later. pop punk. Yeah. Give, give me the money. Give me that money. Punk rock bowling. Give me that money. Give me that money. My new song. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I just kind of got burnt on on the sound on the sound uh, or the influence, honestly, because Title Fight big re- influence for you. The re- neck tattoo and all that. Re- I mean, yeah. <laughs> but if t- you don't know, he's got a twenty-seven. And it's- <laughs> Title Fight 
it's arguable whether that got better or worse, but they they got something, and I always admired that, and I liked it. But like the bands that came kind of in their wake, some of them probably, as Tom said, might not even owe Title Fight a ton, but owe the Gestalt a ton. They owe Title Fight for opening the doors to a sound and stuff like going, oh yeah, these are the bands that influenced this record. Oh let me! Oh my God! I was unaware of this world. Right, twenty-two-year-olds weren't listening in the seaweed. No, well, until, here's the thing. Whoever, I mean, I not in a bad way, but like in whatever these bands that are getting. To- so here's what I think that this band establishes: I'm old and spent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about yourself, I'm tired because I'm living ten years in the past when everybody's talking about title fight all the time, and I can't well, have any more of it. Let me say this: We are just in the last year in the now post-title fight wave. Okay, because oh, that makes me feel better. Because okay. you want to know why. Because they did their early stuff, the last thing you forget, uh, Shed, clearly influenced a huge scene for a long time. Then Floral Green, which we are going to talk about in this tournament, which I think expanded that and changed their influence. But like you can hear that still mm-hmm. in certain things. Then they did Hyperview, and all of a sudden every fucking dude was doing something with a little bit different effect on the guitars and was, you know, like dream wavy kind of thing, you know. Uh, and we're finally now, finally, in a place where their name isn't being name-checked for everything, even though I think we're still feeling the reverberations of their shit, which is mm. wild. Given that we're talking about Fiddlehead and we just spent 10 minutes talking about the title fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back to them. You you found this to be better than a 70, a 75. When you d- Do you like your dad more now after you listen to this? Do you have stronger feelings? No. He's all right. He's all right? Yeah. I mean, Kiss his bald fucking head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what he, uh, shout out to Uncle Jerry who uh, is, is uh, real sick. Uh, but uh, what did my father call me about the other day? He, he called me for the second time about name a basketball player who has gone on to own 120 Wendy's. Uh, oh fuck! He owned what? Larry Johnson, James Worthy. I don't know. No, let's see. Uh, <laughs> right, basketball Wendy's franchise, and I bet it's one of the top tier. So. Okay, for people at home, if this is your first episode, my father's incarcerated. Chauncey Billups? No, it's not Chauncey. I, uh, I know he Chauncey. He owns 30 in the Wendy's. In no, the- this guy recently divested himself so he could so he oh. could buy a saltwater treatment plant in, in Canada, I want to say. But he owned like 100 Applebee's and 120 oh, Wendy's. Oh, this is Ulysses Lee Bridgman? That sounds right. Yeah. Who the fuck is that? N- a nobody, but he took, had enough money to buy 100. Turned 350K into 400 million. What you know about that now? Yo. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to black entrepreneurs, but also shout out to my father who is... In, so shout out to your father for knowing and caring about that. But I, mean, I love the, sports. I don't know that dude from Adam. Here, Nobody does. Here's the thing. What they argue about inside a prison would... The minutia. Would melt your fucking brain. That would be a podcast. I feel like that's where we were meant to be, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're locked up in our own life. Melt locked your, up in life. Mel- stick man style. Melt your fucking brain. What, what is a matter of debate? He'll call me and say, who is this person married to? Quick, I need to know because... Do they have access are- to podcasts? No, they don't got access to shit. All right, we need to work that. Do they bet? Uh, Do they bet, is there a commissary bets riding this? So, so my father's a recovering uh, yeah. gambling addict. <laughs> That's why so, he's in there. So, he's so, in the clink. Yeah, so, he, so he avoids all that. But all they do all day in, 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 inside is gamble. So I'm sure that there's somebody that's got side like, bets. I, bet I think that might has be, more yeah. than Larry Johnson. Yeah. And it's like, oh, That's I'm why they're, they keep bringing your pops back is they need him in there to run the goddamn thing. Goddamn. I wish that you were here the other day. He called me about a college basketball player who he lost track of. That means for my father to lose yeah. track of a college basketball player, that means that the guy has got to be like a Sienna graduate 
the, that like yeah you know, but, the grid but he he had me go through like a bunch of Texas teams because the, he and, thought he was, that's his last and spot. for the record the guy, not, not Jamario Moon no the guy had the is Jamario Moon the guy that played for the Raptors yes ah. and the Cavs and the Patroons okay that's why he, so he's like a local success story no that's not who it was at any rate but the dude had the most basic ass last name like Johnson and yeah. so my father has me going through like every Johnson ever oh played my for like god you, th- quite a few by the way I think the dude is this yeah no, uh, we, we, are we right, we're diverse. Um, you want to hear about my there? no, we, the um, my basketball podcast, which I'm going to do soon. Sure, it's going to be a history of basketball thing, going month by month in different years. So it's going to be real minutia. Whoa, is that why you got those things? It's, yeah, that? it's part of it. Right, it it's part of the research. All right, uh, fiddlehead, fiddlehead, springtime of wine. I like the up tempo songs much better. That's all I'm saying. Um, my question in the room: Are we sure this isn't the best record that Pat Flynn's been on? Okay, you know Wait, what? Wait, Tom. Am I sure that this is not the best record Pat's done? I'm not so sure that it's not. I think it's. I think it is. It may be. I said that most Wait. fully realized. Yeah, that that could you could make that argument because I feel like the the two have hard LPs. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are fantastic. Couple skippable tracks. Yeah. Sure. I feel like they have twenty fucking. Or fifteen bangers. Yeah. They could do a full set of fucking from beginning to end killers. They yep. could probably do two different sets of full set worthy like yes. big songs. Sure, absolutely. But I feel like this might be his best from like track one to track eleven. His best version. Okay. Of PF. Don't know. It might be the most fully realized. It's, it's give your hot take. It's definitely the most adult, uh, and I, I I always like that. You know, what I mean, I like to see where people arrive. Um, I love uh, the free demo. I love it. Huh. I think it's very good. Demo. I think it is a the best elements of Have Heart with none of the stuff I don't like. PK making his demo core turn right here. Yeah, <sighs> I just think free is great. There are there underrated. as somebody who was a snob once. Underrated? No, no, the free demo is very underrated, and I think uh, yeah, I feel like they just don't do enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I feel like this is a really pretty and open record. I said the mm-hmm. artwork feels cohesive with the sound. Where it's you know a woman standing in a field, it's like very pretty, but it's also stark and yeah. it feels like it's cold. But it's also there's a lot going on. The lyrics to this record are brutal as fuck, yeah. and I can't say that I was intimately familiar with them before this re-listen because it's almost too like damn. I know th- I knew the concept, I knew what it was, and I feel like Pat's emotional honesty on this is a huge separator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some really raw stuff. I bet this is not... If you're really digging into this, this might not be the most fun stuff to perform if you're if you're connecting to the material sure. at that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or do you have songs like that that are hard for you to perform? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, and I've said before I don't like to play old shit, partly just because I think that that's a good ethos for a band to have. Also because... You know, it some, puts you in a space. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to go back. You know, and I think that depends on what the writing style is. Ooh, sure, that can be hard. Yeah. So yeah, this record, damn. Um, I don't. This was. This didn't make my. This was in my top list, but it wasn't my favorite. This might be the best record that came out last year. I don't disagree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh. This is the toughest vote for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I we've said that a thousand. I've. Really gone on and on about going candy. Yeah. Oh, 
I didn't even get to talk about it. No. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, let's get Tom. Sorry. Dick. <laughs> you got it on him. It's great. It's great. How's that? <laughs> Fuck you. That's my take. It's fucking awesome. No, I think it's wonderful and just um it's easy if you could if you want to, you know, if you put yourself in this dude's shoes, he could do another fucking half heart band and fucking people would love it. Mm-hmm. It's going, you know, way out there into left field to do something like this and he yeah, pulls it sure. off. I think it's super fucking catchy. Um like you could listen to it on a surface level and just like it. Absolutely. And but then when, you know, if you uh, like really delve into it, it's it's there's a lot of heavy shit in there. Um, and some subtleties. I think there's some yeah. lyrical subtlety. I think musically there's some subtle stuff. Even the first song, there's like really subtle backing vocals yeah. in the parts. And you listen to it. If you give it headphones, listen, you're like, oh shit, there's a lot going on so here. So good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fantastic. Uh, my favorite song is either Poem You, which is the second song, mm-hmm. or Lalo, because the melody the, that, so is so good. Although um, Spousal Loss is pretty good. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, oh, this was what I was going to say. I put this note. The format of this album I thought was so good because for this type, they could have done some long songs, whatever. First six tracks, all at two minutes or just under. Mm. Track seven through nine, two and a half minutes. Fine. And the last song is three and a half minutes, and that's it. Right. It makes awesome. it sound it makes it seem epic for three ugh, and a half minutes. Oh, and the whole the record moves really well. So let's vote. Uh Patrick, you are going candy. That's correct. I'm going fiddlehead. 100% fiddlehead. Okay. That was a tough vote for me. Right. It was like tough, but really it wasn't yeah, that tough. This is one of my, yeah. And this is a part because the candy record is a great, like, we didn't have anything we would change about no. it. No, really. no, it's a fantastic, it is a tough. And the fiddlehead record as an LP, let's be critical. What would you change about the fiddlehead record? I'd cut it down just to the fun up tempo stuff. Okay. What about length? Overall, you felt it was okay? Yeah, actually, I mean, this it's is. Not a slog. No, we've listened to, there's. Look, there's records they like. <laughs> there's some uh, records on this motherfucker that are tiring. This is mm-hmm. not like that. It's funny because it could be like no two chore. records could be 28 minutes long, and one feels like you're yeah. listening to a 90 minute fucking Bellwitch record. Yep. Shout out to David Anthony, <laughs> and um, and one is just like oh, I was. I I feel like I just put that on. Yeah. I listened to two records uh, from this. One was 23 minutes. The other was 34 minutes. I would have sworn on every cent I had that the 34 minute long record was. Much shorter and better right, flow than right. the twenty-three minute. And when I looked at it, I had to double check. Mm. Yeah. So, all right, cool. uh, go vote. Last matchup of this round. <laughs> well, really, this part of this the round. Tier. Yeah, this yeah. This thing. Whatever. Bracket what do they call the these? Is this the bracket? The bracket. Yeah. This is this is a there's this region two yes right. there's regions there's two brackets of four in each region. So this is the last. So this is the southeast region. Yeah. All right. Even though it's not. Even though it's not. Power Trip, Nightmare Logic, up against Terror Keepers of the Faith. Let's start with Power Trip, Nightmare Logic, 2017, Southern Lord Records. I've said before when we talked about Manifest uh, Decimation decimation, that uh, they were always a good thrash band. These are the songs, and that's how I still feel having listened to it again. Yeah, the songs definitely improved. I mean, it's not like they didn't make this crazy left turn or anything. No, no. But the writing, like... Fucking uh, execution attacks. That's like a hit for sure. That's like you're yeah. like you're, you're playing at a king. That's game. the best song. That's yeah, the best song. Yeah, but like if you're like Hessian uncle is in the car with your mom and your mom's got serious. Yep. And that comes on, they're like, bro, dude, for sure. Like that's like a fucking banger. Mm. And I feel like that's the record. That song particularly is what took them from, you know, second on a four band, you know, 
DSI tour to being like, we can, we headline the same rooms now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I put, this is the 10,000 hours yes. of being the band. Yes. Master level shit. Uh, question. Is this more of a hardcore record than Man- Manifest Decimation? Ah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, because Manifest Decimation sh- sounds purely thrash to me. That's like sh- through and through. This is the thing. And I'm not saying that in a good way or a bad yeah, way. Yeah, I'm no. just saying structurally, I-, I think that they slow down a little bit at certain points and then speed up more than they were. Yeah, yeah. But the record... I. Somebody said to me recently in conversation that we aren't we are just beginning to see the impact and influence that Power Trip has because they are big. They are inarguably one of the biggest bands in hardcore. And they were like, yo, y'all have no idea how much more they are than that because they're bringing people outside in. And even though their sound, like you might not progress, if you're into thrash metal or you like metal, you might not progress beyond Power Trip if you get into this. Yeah. But they're saying, nah, they're getting people into hardcore because of who they are and the way they present as a band. Yeah, I mean, let's be realistic. They played, when they played in New York, they played the fucking big room that, like, Mineral is playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Sold it out two nights in a row, like, no sweat. Yep. You're not doing that if you're just a hardcore band. Uh, true. You know right. what I mean? And you, but that's like every hardcore kid and, well, I mean, Passion Uncle. That was like, but, but you know what, though? Going to that show, it was such a weird crowd. Cause it was like, hardcore kid. Straight up Hessian uncle guy. Yeah. Dude that's like, is like the metal guy that goes to like St. Vitus. Yeah. But then there was like total fucking civilians. Whether they were there for sheer mag and stuck around or whatever. Right. But like it was like such a, an, it was a really cool like convergence of different people, which was cool. I don't even know. There's, so I think it's more hardcore, but also just executed perfectly. When Riley came on, and he's going to come back so he can get, as he says, he wants the full axe to ground treatment. That's awesome. He was sad when it was just me and, and Andrew from some Overnight Drive podcast. Mm. Mm. Just, you're just sitting there twiddling his. Uh, he actually was very active. It was he very, was. It was a good combo. Yeah. But I asked him, like, what's the next record? And he's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know, um, I think that they are. Yeah, this is master level shit. Mm-hmm. It, the best record of 2017, maybe. I don't know. It's big. Anything you would change about this record? I don't know if I would. You know, I think it's, I I think it's you know, like because it's genre. Like there's things I you change cut two about songs. genre. I cut two songs right. from anything. Right. I, I don't even know that there's any fat on this record that I would cut from it. I think it's a good record. That I'm curious to see how people look back on Power Trip's discography because so far so good. Here's a question: the person that comes in with this record, mm-hmm. have do they only listen to this record? Yes. Yeah, probably right. I like think the, I think a lot of people XM are. Serious XM guy. Yeah, Serious XM guy are, loves this. Are they going to know go where backwards. to find? <sighs> I hope they go back because that's what happened. Not what happened. I was familiar with Power Trip stuff for a long time, but was passive fan. Like, yeah. oh, this is a band I like who hasn't written the record that pulled me in yet, and this is the record that pulled me in. And as talked about, I went back to Manifest Decimation. I was like, oh shit, I've been missing out by not going back to this. And when they did those like compilations, we would go back and talk about that America Hardcore comp song. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's hits across all of their early material, but there's enough that that shouldn't be ignored. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope this is a gateway into the band as well as genre stuff in general. Because the other, like, 
there's no hokey with this. This no. isn't municipal waste. You I, know what that's I mean? That's what I was saying. Like municipal waste feels like the darkness of thrash metal. That's mm-hmm. kind of like, isn't this funny? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. playing metal. It's ridiculous. We have MW guitar. Like wink. And those wink. Two, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that. It seems a little. But even Anthrax was like. <laughs> yeah. They weren't like kind of in on the joke necessarily, but they were hokey. Like yep. these dudes are fucking legit. They have stuff to they say. Mean it. Yeah, yeah, they're not talking about like fucking Dungeons and Dragons bullshit. No, but here's my thing: I, I, you just have to work extra hard. Not that any, not that these bands want. No metal band wants me as a fan necessarily. They don't got to work for me. But you got to work pretty hard to win me over if you are on the hokey. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. mean you're never getting through. You know what I mean? You could get through. Yeah, but I'm not gonna front. I like a couple of municipal waste songs, there but they're funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't uh, revisit it like I revisit Power Trip. No. I, to me, it's like hokey is the hardest sell to me. It, it's, it's, it's hard. Very, really it's hard for me. But you can't. Even though in a live setting, I'm like, yeah, I see this. You know, like I don't want a lot of humor. Yeah, I know. I don't. I, I, I go. I have, the only humor I need. I, yeah, I, I know where I go for humor, and it's typically not yelling angry music. Right. No, it's true. Musical <laughs> comedy uh, out of hardcore. Yeah, we. I go serious. to like the comedians that play acoustic guitar and make joke songs. That's that's where I find my hokey. Oh, is that? Right? That's what I go. <laughs> I don't know if I could do There's that. There's a guy named Stephen Lynch that used to like write all these dirty songs that played acoustic guitar. Uh, if you, I, yeah. I'll be honest. Tiny I, Tim and Jace. Any, yeah, so anything dirty I can do if it's like yeah. it, 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 as long as you're dirty. It, it could be sleazy as fuck. It, as, as long as you're dirty, yeah, yeah. you could be doing anything. Play Xtina, play let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We I feel like we didn't say a lot, but we did say a lot. This record's excellent. We're all yes. in for it. Let's go to the next record. A record that can't, you cannot, we'll talk about this a bunch, but can't understate how big this fucking record was. Terror, Keepers of the Faith, 2010, Century Media. Here's my, it's not a hot take. Hit me. But this is my, when I think of this record, and you guys can, you know, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> sure. This is the best rollout for a hardcore record ever. Yes. I this was a brand before the record even hit a shelf. Yep. Yep. Right? And, I mean, like, and does it overshadow the music? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, it, this is a record that is both single-handedly responsible for getting a bunch of people into hardcore. 100%. Uh, a record that is directly responsible for getting a bunch of people who are into like deathcore or beatdown stuff into hardcore and converting. Right. These dudes would play with a Muir and then bring, bring hundreds people of kids over. from... Yeah. And at the same time, sonically, outside of two songs, I don't see people reference it, even though, sonically, this is a band who created a template and this is part of that template for a lot of hardcore that came around this time. Do you think they have so many, like, so many releases that it's like... You can't have six songs from one. Like it's like if they're writing their set list, they're not going to go heavy on any one record because they have fucking forty seven. That's records. true. I think there's they it only, almost gets lost in the flood. We had a we'll answer it on a mailbag at some point, but somebody asked us. Oh, they they're like oh, I my favorite terror record is the damned, the shamed. I'm so sad they don't play songs from it. That's that's the issue. They have too many records. They, well, it could be too, many, too many, but you know they have yeah. they have enough songs off enough records that. Mm. Right, like for example, say "Sick of It All" because I feel like they're a good analogy for Absolutely. terror at this point. You, you might, you, ju- you know, "Just Look Around" might be your favorite record. You're getting maybe two songs from that, right? And, Even though and, they and, might and, have seven bangers on there, you're getting "Just Look Around" and you may be getting. Um, 
Oh, what's the other We song? Stand Alone. We Stand Alone. Maybe. 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 And I bet there's been tours where they don't play anything off that. Right. I mean, it's just because they have such a fucking mm-hmm. wide, you know, and they want to play stuff off the new record. Because that's invariably, that's their favorite. Right. It might not be your favorite, right. but it's their favorite. God, that can't be. That's another thing that people have to really understand. And I wish artists were more self-aware of it. Not in the way to change your behavior, but to understand, like, yes, we know your new record is your favorite record. You just made it. But look around and see that everyone else likes this other record. And that's okay. And one day this new record will be like that all the record Right, and maybe they'll out. like it that much, and maybe they won't. And that's okay. It's just, you know, there should be a self-awareness that just because you think this is their, your best record, that doesn't make it so. And to, unless, it's, unless it is, because you might say, this is my best record. In five years, you might not. People who've put out more than one record, I always struggle with that because it's like, yo, you know you felt like this last time. And you felt like this the time before that. And you felt like this the time before that. That's probably a good feeling. When you stop feeling that way... You're in trouble. That's not a good sign. Right. Right. And you, I mean, you just have to kind of keep in mind of the live experience. Like, mm. these songs may be fucking so much fun to play. Right. Maybe not that much fun to watch. Yeah. At this point, you know. So Not these songs. I'm no, saying no, no, no. In yeah, general, when you have a new record, thing. it's always your favorite thing. Because you haven't played these songs a thousand times. Right. My favorite song on this record. So we, I noted the two big songs are uh, Stick Tight. Tight and Keepers of the Faith. Yeah. My favorite song is Return to Strength, which is the song after Stick Tight. I think it's the third track. It's got this big, almost Motley Crue style guitar lick. A lick. lick That's definitely. a lick. And there's a fun bounce in it. And I think they I think still that play that live or in there. Yeah, it was a fun one. Yeah. Um, my question for the room, was there a single terror fan who was disappointed with this record when it came out? No. I don't think so. Except no, maybe our buddy. Itch. Yeah, I feel like this was a big thing for their fan base. What do you think of this record? Uh, does not stick with me in a way that I like. So I'm not like a terror super fan of any. And I, like, yeah, like neither am I. Yeah, although you know, like I always say, live push it away m- makes me want to stage dive immediately. Is <laughs> terror has some fucking hits. Uh, this is terror. There's nothing wrong with this. You know, what I mean, like this is this is by terror standards a very good record. I just like. This is going to sound fucked up because this, people do this to sick of it all. You know, a band that I do have strong yeah. feelings about is it's. Oh, actually, you know what I compared this to in my notes? Slapshot. Oh, OK. I love any and all Slapshot. I am mm-hmm. uh, shocked that new Slapshot songs are good. But it takes a Slapshot fan to think this is to, good. to to want to want it. No, not to think it's good no. to want it. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's how I feel. Oh yeah, asking for new material. Right, right. and that's how I feel a little bit about Terror, where their fans, this record (laughs) is hot to their fans. You know what I mean? But I had already gotten the Terror that I needed by this time. So this doesn't like turn me on in a way. This is their biggest record. I think, yeah. I think this is, I said this is the most difficult feat a long-term band can do, which is the mid-career spike record. This is a spike. You you get oh, your spike at the beginning. Yeah, this hell. is a spike. Yeah, you do. You know because they had uh, make no mistake. Terror demo was big. Then they do lowest low and it got bigger. And then uh, what is it? Uh, the underdogs. One of the underdogs oh, maintained it big. Kind of kept it. Then they kind of they the they yeah, they they plateau and they're still doing well. Total like a hey we tour all the time and and do fine doing yeah. this band we're a full time band and somehow 
eight, nine years into their career, eight years, I guess, 2001 yeah, or two. Yeah, because that was 2002 or so. Yeah. They put out a record that pops their popularity and becomes yeah. the record that, <coughs> that's on everyone. an aesthetic level, is the resonance. That's what people think of. Yeah, I mean, because it's like there's almost two camps. The older folks like us, when you think of terror, you think of the fucking the eagle. Yep, yep, yep. And younger, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, people think of the block letters on the cover of this record. Yep, that's right. You know what I mean? Really good imagery. Um, yeah, I mean, the picture of Ian and his mm-hmm. kid, you know, walking with the sweatshirts on and stuff. I mean, that's literally been bootlegged and like you can buy like a... Shirt that says that about like the Eagles, yeah, and fucking <laughs> or any that. any yeah any yeah. any football team in that local area, yeah. Or like I saw Facebook ads for it, mm-hmm. basically that are like regionally targeted. based, targeted. Yeah. For- and like you could buy that, you could legitimately buy a photo or like a sweatshirt of Ian and his kid with like, you know, hey, welcome to fucking Sandy for wherever, like some random tiny town on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. You can like literally buy it on the boardwalk. It became like this weird, like crazy, pervasive thing. Uh, maybe overshadowing the music for people like me. You know, what I mean, maybe if this had been a, like a more quiet rollout, then I would have said I would have. I mean, I don't it, know. If, what, isn't no. it impossible to not be overshadowed by that rollout? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's major, yeah. major. I mean, like I don't know how, unless you wrote Feels, fucking Age of Quarrel, you're right. gonna get lost in the. And like, we're yeah. we're we're getting lost in that because it it was so big and it was so well done. Yeah, musically, it's it's this is a very competent record. Absolutely, I think it's probably uh, as a non-Terra fan, this is as good as any of their other material. Perhaps lowest to low is better, uh, but it's right there, yeah. and it's got all the parts you want. Um, I think uh, it's. I think it's. I, I would. I would wager it'd be interesting to talk to somebody who pays attention to terror very closely to talk about the lyrics mm-hmm. and where they're at because it feels like this is, you know, uh, is it fair to call them similar to hate breed where there's a lot of kind of like positive and push forward and push yeah. it away, you know, and that's not to deride that. That's some no. really, sh- that's shit that people come to this genre for straight up. You know what? Like maybe not in 2017 or whatever, but your boy Jamie wrote some sick lyrics in the yeah. in the beginning. Sure, and I think Vogel gets credit for that. And I'd be curious because I bet that there's different kind of waves that go along with the terror lyrics. So the tear, uh, but yeah, this record. Uh, if we had been doing Axe to Grind in 2013 and did this, either this or a Trapped Under Ice record would be the uh, number, number one, one seed. seed. One oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Voting. Uh, voting. So this comes down to Power Trip, Nightmare Logic, or Terror Keepers of the Faith. So actually, this terror record, while not my while not my thing, is totally strong enough that it would have beat at least fifty percent of the field. Yep. You know what I mean? But going up again, because just because I can respect how fucking capable the whole thing is, of right? But up against this particular power trip record, actually this against manifest Decim- decimation would have been a closer match. interesting mm. for me. You know what I mean? Okay. Because both are things that I don't necessarily need, but are played highly capably. Sure. And I, and I got a respect for what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, this, the, this particular, um, uh, power trip record defeats terror here. I go power trip. Nightmare logic. Uh, this is an odd one because of the way the votes went. I feel like the terror record didn't get a ton of votes because it was released in 2010. It was recency bias. and 100%. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it got seated up against a record that I think will be a record I personally still listen to in 10 years. So, mm. When we all become Hessians. Yes. Yes. 
I mean, I gotta go power trip. I feel like that records a movement. Okay. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's a game changer. And like you said, like if, if keepers of the faith was against most of the, a lot of the other rest of the field, it would probably win, but it just got happened to, you know, be put up against UNLV 1991. And it's Ooh. kind of tough. You know? Some good team. That's true. Anderson Cooper. Uh, and, no, <laughs> Anderson, Anderson Cooper. No, it's not it's, Anderson uh, Cooper. Anderson, Anderson Hunt. Anderson Hunt. Greg Anthony. Stacy Ogman. Larry Johnson. Ooh, what a team. <laughs> <laughs> you like when we get in our bag about college sports. Who's it's like I'm talking. It's like I'm talking center? to my fucking dad. So I like it. <sighs> On that UNLV team, Number my 44. dad could tell you. No, uh, all yeah. I can think of when I think of 44 is Derek Coleman, but that's not him. No, Orangeman. Um, so that was. Uh, fourth bracket, fourth fourth part of round one. So uh, we're cruising along. Hope you guys are having fun. Continue to comment. Continue to share this. Please pass it along because that's been fun. I hope you guys have been enjoying all the coverage on it and the way we've split it up so that it's, yeah. you're not getting hit with it every week. Because I'll tell you, it's a lot of work. It can be a lot. Listen to these records too, you know. And it's nice to air it out. But I, I hope people are finding things. I have. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Like, I love the why. Bob, you know, Bob is very much like, don't just vote. Yeah. Give us the why. Why uh, in the reply? I see replies. a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Super impressive. Some, I like of, it. some of the whys have also been very thoughtful oh, and thought filled, I should and say. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, yo, I know that we say this four times an episode, but those of you that are taking the time to think about each record, uh, we appreciate you. That's what you're supposed 100%. to be doing here. And I That's think, the whole point. And the bands who I've seen responding so far have really gotten it too. Yeah. They they get that we're talking about it. We're, we're hopefully exposing people. And they're seeing it. Oh, God. Nothing better than having a record that you did however long ago be something people talking about in 2019. Yeah. Can you feel shit. that, Patrick? Do you do you ever catch those feelings? Okay. No, you don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, you don't have feelings. <laughs> I got hella feelings, We man. make him like he's data, but he's really uh, lore. I'm I'm really Conan. I'm just into I'm just intuition. I'm a pure Pisces, my dude. Thank you for hey, joining thanks. us. Get me out of here. This has been Sagittarius forever. Virgo. <laughs>